Hi, it's Ellen DeGeneres. Welcome to my podcast. We're going to listen to some of the best moments from the show, and it's going to be hosted by four executive producers that I love. Happy listening. On today's episode of Ellen on the Go, it's a big day on Ellen on the Go, guys. It's a big day. David Letterman, the one and only David Letterman, reminisces on The Ellen Show about many things, including our very own Mary B. Connolly. That's right. You heard, Eddie. Ben Stiller plays around the five-second rule. Offset of Migos fame opens up about his car accident and about how he got Cardi B back. And Ellen dishes on some life lessons inspired by Taylor Swift. I'm Ed Glavin. I'm Andy Lassner. I'm Mary Connolly. I'm Kevin Lehman II. This is uh, Andy on the go. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> But really, today, this this uh, we're going to kick off talking about Mary Connolly. Uh-oh. We are. We're going to talk we're... about two things. We're going to talk about Mary Connolly, yep. and we're going to talk about David Letterman. Sure. And, and and Mary Connolly, for those who don't know, came up on the David Letterman show. Started as the receptionist, worked her way up to producer, produced all the celebrity guests for Dave, but also developed a relationship with Dave where she was kind of one of the favorites. And he'd play baseball with her in the office. He'd put her on the show where she would uh, throw footballs with actual NFL quarterbacks because she knew how to throw a football. And things came full circle for you uh, last week with Dave. And why don't you tell everyone what happened? It's true. I started out as a page in NBC and then got hired to work on Late Night with David Letterman and stayed through uh, into the transition to Late Show with David Letterman at CBS. And uh, I had a great friendship with Dave. We had, a, we had a lot of fun together, and I would brief him on segments. I was a segment producer there, and I would brief him on segments. And while I would do that, we would either toss a football or toss a baseball. When I left the show, it was a, it was a, tough, it was a tough split. Bittersweet, I'm sure. It was bittersweet because I just said that I was leaving. I didn't give the show a chance to uh, make me an offer to get me to stay. I, you had made up your mi- I had mind. I had made up my mind to move to California, um, and that uh, that hurt Dave's feelings. Um, and uh, understandable, understandable. And now, seventeen years later, David Letterman appears on uh, the Ellen Show. Yes, and all that just washed away. And his fondness for you was really, really fun to to see and be around. It, it, it was it was very it was sweet. So obvious how much she loved you. It was so sweet. Well, he even we'll play you a, we'll play you a clip. This first clip will be this is going to be Dave telling the story about uh, Dave and Mary having a catch with a baseball. Uh, oh, well, I think someone. on the sixth floor of Thirty Rock, the fourteenth floor. Fourteenth floor, so only eight stories higher than 14th I thought. Fourteenth floor, and uh, and a baseball going through the window. So let's yeah. start with that. Take a listen to that. We're back with David Letterman, and uh, I am fortunate enough, when I started this show 16 uh, years ago, we had uh, a a great group of executive producers, one of uh, of which is is Mary, who was a producer on your show for years. But to say Mary was a producer on the show for years, how many years? Ten years I was at the show. Holy mackerel. Ten years, (laughs) but more than a producer. Mary was a dear, dear friend. Uh, and uh, I can remember uh, being ill-behaved when she came to me with the news that she was leaving because I was, I, I was hurt. My feelings were really, really hurt. I was so fond of this woman. And uh, look at her, for God's sake. How can you not be? Yeah. And uh, uh, every day... Look at the two of you there. Is that us? Oh, my. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, oh my God. Yeah. It, it looks looks like the police have broken in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mary knows the story, mm -hmm. and uh, it, honest to God, it was the worst day of my television life, and maybe the worst day of my life. You're on the ground floor here, more or less, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, on this particular day, Mary and I are uh, throwing baseballs, hard balls, gloves, throwing the yep. ball, and Mary can bring it. There's no question about that. And, and we're, we're trying to get that thwack, just that perfect thwack you get when the ball hits the pocket. And uh, Mary was on one corner, I was on the other corner, and one got away from me, and it went up and over and through the window of the 14th floor of the 30 Rock building. Yes. Then. And down below was 6th Avenue and, and the sidewalk. Well, you know... <laughs> How many are dead? <laughs> and and I'm I'm stunned. And so I go over to where the window is, and I'm just kind of hiding and looking down there. And there there wasn't really any commotion to speak Pe of. Well, people were looking up. People were looking up because <laughs> uh, shards of glass had rained down on the Avenue of Americas. <laughs> Uh, and, and I see a guy down there, and I can hear him say, hey, look, there's Dave Letterman. And I thought, oh. <laughs> I'm spending the rest of my life in prison. Man, yeah. it's a miracle no one got hurt. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> How is that possible with that many people? I don't know. So uh, in a situation like that, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do in a situation like that? You tell me. I'll bet you know what you do in a situation like that. Yeah. Uh, I would just huh? what do back, you do? back up slowly yeah. from the window. No, no, no. You send an intern down there. Oh, I... <laughs> that's, that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> I did, we have to go to break, but I, you, you took lots of chances because one of my appearances on your show, uh, I hit a golf ball from one building oh, onto yeah, yeah, your yeah. building. I you were having yeah, people yeah, yeah. hitting yeah. golf balls, which also could have gone badly, but yeah. we were doing it. Yeah, but that would have been on you. Oh, I see. I, all right. Mary wanted me to mention that right after that, we had the windows covered with, uh, I think it's called Lexan glass. It's the stuff you see at hockey games. It's bulletproof. We had all of the windows covered with that. Smart. Problem solved. That's right. Yeah. Most people would just stop playing with the baseball, but... <laughs> oh, sure. That was, yeah, we didn't that think of that. That was the other option. No. Guys, are you tired of standing idly by while the world goes crazy? Yes. Totes. Diane Lockhart is. Amen. And so is the cast of the critically acclaimed legal drama, The Good Fight. Join the fight by watching the new season, now streaming exclusively on CBS All Access. Tune in to see if Diane Lockhart will lead the resistance in a new post-factual world where the lawyers with the best stories triumph over the lawyers with the best facts. Listen to how incredible this cast is. Christine Baranski is back as the venerable Diane Lockhart with Cush Jumbo, Rose Leslie, Sarah Steele, and Audra McDonald, whose characters challenge the patriarchy at every turn. Delroy Lindo delivers another can't-miss performance, while actor Michael Sheen shakes up the screen as infamous lawyer Roland Blum a.k.a. Corruption Incarnate. New characters, new ripped-from-the-news storylines, a dynamic cast, and so much more. This season, the standard playbook goes out the window. Adios, playbook. Join the, <laughs> Join the fight by heading on over to cbs.com slash Ellen to redeem your free trial of CBS All Access to watch the new season, now streaming exclusively on CBS All Access. That's cbs.com slash Ellen to redeem your free trial of CBS All Access.
access. Okay, so that was that was one of the scarier days of my life. Yeah, I'll bet. And and we had played catch for a really long time, and we were really good at it. Yeah. And th- this just happened, and it it was terrifying. That would be manslaughter if you would have hit someone. You know, I don't know. <laughs> it's just yeah. game over. It's oh. like it's all over. Yeah. Like, what do they call that s- unintentional uh, homicide? What do they call that? In oh. involuntary. Involuntary. Yeah. 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 No. It that was, is horrifying. It was yeah. horrifying. And it's also a miracle that it, it all miracle. the things oh. falling out of that building didn't hit anyone. Yes. Yeah. And and in the commercial break. After Dave told that story, yeah, he he we I went up to home base to to say hi, and he was like, "What were we thinking? Like, <laughs> what we're like out of our minds? What were we thinking that we could do that?" And I said, "We thought we had it yeah. all under control. Yeah. We yeah. thought we knew exactly what we were doing." What you did know? that feel like after all you went through with Letterman and all you've gone through with Ellen to be sitting on the stage watching the two of them talk and tell a story about you? It was it was it was incredible. It was really special uh because uh ellen is doing his netflix show mm-hmm. and netflix wanted me to go in and say hi to dave and they wanted to tape that and right before that happened i was excited but also a little nervous and i walked in and we said hi to each other and he had some footballs there waiting uh, for us to, to throw the way we used to throw it's great and it was instantly i was back talking to my old friend yeah, it was, so cool. you know, he was like, "What's your brother doing? What's going on with like his kids? What like we were just catching up the way old friends would catch up, and all of the twenty some odd years sort of just melted away, and I was just having a conversation with a with an old friend. That is so awesome. So, it, the, so it was really, it was very special. In the eighties and 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 nineties, mm-hmm. he had legions of fans oh. who watched the show every single night. And like quoted him and a legend. knew, oh, yeah, a legend. knew yeah. the recurring Huge. characters. It was like a yeah. fun little clubhouse that you were in if you were if you were too young. Like your parents watched Carson mm-hmm. and you watched Letterman. Or at least right. that was my that was my experience growing up, you know. Um and if you watched Letterman, you knew Mary because Mary was yeah. on the show regularly. I mean, you were throwing footballs with Phil Sims, with Boomer Esiason. Yep. Like I remember watching it; it yeah. was hilarious. And I, I remember in it was like two thousand one, two thousand and two. Hillary Esty McLaughlin, who at the time was the president of Telepictures, saying to me, "You know, we've got this woman, and she's consulting on this uh, on this show we're doing, and I want you to we're ha- we're having this event in New York, and I want you to meet her." And I said, "Great, what's her name?" And she said, "Mary Connolly." And I went. Mary Connolly. <laughs> I know Mary Connolly. She goes, you know her. I go, yeah. I mean, she doesn't know me, but I know her. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, everything, that's hilarious. Everything I know about working on a talk show, I learned from Dave. Yeah. And I learned from that show. And, you know, I used And to a say lot he, of talk shows are modeled, you know, the behind the scenes stuff right. on how segments are presented to the host, Especially how pre-interviews are done with celebrities. Yeah. A celebrity-driven yeah. comedy, and uh, was sort of came from what right. you guys created over there. Yeah, so it was it was particularly special to see the moment of seeing Dave and Ellen up there talking to each other and making each other laugh and really loving on each other. Yeah, uh, it was, was awesome. A, was a and lot the weirdest of fun. thing is that Letterman went off the air 
before Kevin Lehman was actually born. No, not true. I love <laughs> Kevin Lehman. It's one of my biggest complaints about Mary. I, right. For the first five years I worked here, I'm like, I just want to hear some Letterman stories. Yeah. Just tell me some Letterman. And finally, we sat next to each other on a flight uh, to Orlando. So I had five hours of Letterman stories. It made me so happy. I'm, 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 I'm so proud of my time there. I would be happy you to tell be. you Letterman stories all the time. As a fellow gay, I hate generalizations and stereotypes. But why do all lesbians know how to throw footballs? That is Why true. <laughs> it is true. Let's just unpack that sentence for a minute. I yeah. hate uh, generalizations. Why do right. all lesbians know how to throw footballs? Here's just what I'm going to tell you. I grew up in New York City, and I have a brother and a father who are both very into sports. And we just learned to play catch because catch was a game you could play in a straight line. Ah. Right? So we would be out on, on the, the sidewalk in front of in front of our brownstone and we would play catch. And so you'd play catch with a ball for as long as you could play catch with a ball. And then if you played with a football, my father and my brother taught me how to throw a football. And there are canopies on our, on our block on 36th Street between Park and Lex. And then you could throw uh, footballs or balls over the canopy of ah. an apartment building to then catch or awning to catch the ball on the other side. And that became so it was just little did you know. It's just what you did. Ellen did his show for Netflix. My next guest needs no introduction. Yes. And if you don't have Netflix, I'm telling you now, get it by May, which is when I think her episode exactly. will be available. Exactly. His, yeah. his second season of that show um, will be released all at one time in May. Yeah. And you should check and it out. And Mary gave was us at the a, taping. Mary was at the taping. Ellen gave us a sneak peek. And it's like a side of Ellen you've never seen before. And it's like truly. Uh, yeah. Really it was, awesome. It was, it was really like they a, went it deep. Was a, it was a special night. What about when he did Burning Questions? Yes. Yes. That was yes. Hilarious. It was so fun to see him play an actual game. That was that was something that we did not expect would happen. Before but we play Dave, it, I just want to say, when he goes, he's sitting up there on the Burning Question set with all these bells and whistles, and there's music and animation, and they come out of it, and he turns to Ellen, and he goes, there's a lot going on right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, and also when he first walked out and sat down, he's like, where's Paul? Yeah. Yeah. A little shout out to Paul Schaefer, his band leader for... All right, here's a clip of of Ellen and Dave playing Burning Questions. For every question you answer honestly, and I'll be the judge of that, our friends at Shutterfly will donate $1,000. Okay. I... You will answer the question, and then you will hit that for no apparent reason. Okay. Who was your first crush? A girl named Susie Frakes. How old were you? Uh, I was in the uh, eighth grade. Have you seen her since? No, I've spoken to her since. Oh, you have? Yeah, but she was, uh, yeah, she, uh, uh, you know, I I was such a dumbass. Can you say that? Yeah. <laughs> that I ruined it. I, w- I loved her all the way through high school, and, uh... <laughs> I, you know, I've done all right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Susie, Susie Franks. And, right. and uh, grew up to be a, a teacher. She lives up on Cape Cod and has, uh, I think she actually has a son named David. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to leave that alone. What, what do you mean? There's, no, not, there's nothing to... No, I'm just saying. I, it's just, just saying what? You're it's not interesting that she still obviously has feelings for you. That no, she, she has no feelings her, for she me. She named her son David. Well, she has two other kids. I don't know what their names are, and I don't care. All right. All right. I'm, I'm well what's, over that. What's the most rebellious thing you did as a teenager? This is so stupid. Um, <laughs> uh, one day, uh, senior year, uh, my buddies and I took our skateboards, and we cut school. 
the one and only time I, you know what cut school means? Nobody goes to school anymore anyway. <laughs> we, we, we left, we took off, we got in the guy's car and we went out to the highest point in the central Indiana is uh, where uh, the, uh, the, uh, so the grave of James Whitcomb Riley, who's a poet from Indiana, and it's the highest point in this Crown Hill Cemetery. We took our skateboards up to his grave and we skateboarded all afternoon down from his grave to through the other graves. It's not that rebellious. Well, and of course we were vaping weed. too late to embellish it now. Thank you so much, Dave, for doing the show. Uh, Made all of us very happy. Playing burning questions. WWE superstars, TV personalities, entrepreneurs, celebrity twins, Nikki and Brie Bella are turning off the camera and turning on the mics to give their fans an inside access to their lives like they never have before. From debates about whether one-night stands are better drunk or sober to chats about what life as a new mom is really like, the girls will invite listeners into their homes for an uncensored, fun-filled, and very frank conversation. Sounds so cool. It's awesome. You can kick back, pop open a bottle, and dish with the Bella Twins on the Bella's Podcast. You can listen for free on Apple Podcasts. Pop open a bottle of what, Kevin? Soda pop? Oh, I would do like a liquor. Okay. Brown uh, liquor. <laughs> you can listen to them on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts today. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes, I want to know what's uh, the one night stand better, drunk or sober? Come on. I who doesn't want to know drunk. that? I'm dialing that in. We played another game with uh, Ben Stiller. Yeah, we did. Who was that host? He was very attractive. Oh, he was yeah, handsome, good. wasn't he? You can't believe how many people go. Because what Ellen goes is she'll sometimes, she'll forget to say, one of my producers, Kevin. When Kevin hosts Five Second Rule, if you know the show, we do a game Five Second Rule often where Ellen plays against our celebrity guest. And when Twitch isn't here, we use Kevin as a host. And she just goes, so Kevin will ask us questions. She doesn't yeah. say, Kevin, my no. producer, Kevin. So I get so many people go, oh, he's so hot. He's oh, so, is he available? There's I go, definitely no way I go well, first of all, he's gay. So he's not available to you. And second of all... <laughs> and he's engaged. He's engaged. So, uh, no, he's not available. But I and always get... And third of all, get, when he plays the game, he needs a good half hour in wardrobe. In and I don't know if you can tell on TV, but Kevin is like six, <laughs> what? It's like almost 6'3". Six, three. Like 6'3", six, handsome, well-built. Full yeah. head of hair. Yeah. Full head of hair. And Slightly so we always swollen. get, he's so hot. He's so Now, I always hear it from bloated. women. A little bloated from I always tequila. hear it from women, and they always go, he's so hot. Who is it like? Is he married? All right, is enough. He, Let's go... talk about Ben Stiller. Okay. And how hilarious he was in that game. Both yes, he them, was oh, really both funny. Both of them during the commercial break. Ellen goes, I'm not good at this game. He was funny. Which is a lie. Right. And then I think it was just to make Ben feel good. He's like, yeah. I'm not going to be good at this. I'm not going to be good at this. Yeah. Which a lot of guests say. Yes. And turns out he wasn't good at it. It was really true for Ben. Yeah. yeah. He needed ben, a good seven ben to ten more seconds. Ben would have been great at seven seconds. Ten second rule, yeah. 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 But he's still funny. Yeah. So funny. And I like you as a host because you genuinely laugh. They make you laugh. Yeah, they genuinely yeah. make you laugh, so that makes it fun so for us. Here were some of his best answers from Five Second Rule. Kevin will read a category, and then we'll have five seconds to name three things in that category and then hit the buzzer to see how much time is left. I will start to show you exactly how it's done. Okay. Go. Ellen, name three reasons you'd wear a blindfold. Oh, because you're uh, in a movie with Sandra Bullock and uh, because you're into that kind of thing? Oh. Okay. Goes really fast. Really fast. Darn it. I don't think I'm going to do great at this. You are. Yeah. All right. Ben, three reasons you'd leave a party early. Oh, you're bored. Uh, you run into an ex. Um, you don't like the host. 
Okay. If you don't like the host, you shouldn't have gone in the first place. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> All right. Bad judgment. Ellen, right. yeah. three people you think are cool. Uh, ben Stiller, Kevin Lehman, and Portia de Rossi. Ooh, very good. That's easy. Double points. Ben, yeah. three things you tell yourself in the mirror. Oh, um, uh, wake up. Uh, it'll get better. Um, <laughs> I, I love you. Even though it's over. <laughs> yeah. Ellen. Yes. Three ways to get yourself thrown into prison. Oh, you uh, you uh, kill somebody, you rob a bank, and uh, you hurt somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to kill two people. Right, right. <laughs> the other one didn't die. You also left out. Get your get your kid into college. Oh, get your kid into college. Yeah. <laughs> ben. Yeah. Three things New Yorkers say to get people's attention. Oh, yo. Hey, <laughs> face. Uh, oh. <laughs> you had it. Sorry. So close. Sorry. You had it. That does happen in New York. Yes, though. of course it does. <laughs> At least to me. Though. Yes, it happens here too. Okay. Ellen, yeah. give me three things that have wings. Uh, a fly, a bird, a termite. Boom, with 2.6 seconds to spare. Termites have wings? Yeah. Oh, okay. Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Three things you keep hidden. Oh, uh, secrets, gold, um, uh, a little uh, leprechaun. <laughs> He's the one who guards the gold. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Alan. Yes. Three things you lick. Um, uh, a person, um, a lollipop, and an ice cream cone. Boom. Then, three things you measure. Oh, um, uh, <laughs> growth, um, uh, 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 ingredients, and, uh, and uh, parts of your body. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Offset for a minute. I mean, Offset the rapper was here. He, yeah, no, you're, no there's a guy it. named Chance the rapper. Offset does not go by Offset the rapper. I know, but... <laughs> For those people who are Not thinking... Not to be confused by Offset. Offset the tailor. <laughs> <laughs> In Sherman Oaks, this is Offset who raps. But there's, uh, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a level of like affection and respect for Ellen in the hip-hop community that I just adore. It makes, me, it makes me very happy, and I don't know, I just, it's just fun. And what I know about Offset is that he broke in through Migos. Right. And... Um, and we had them on to do a song, I think it was called Bad and Bougie. And they were really fun when they were here. And it was their first big hit. They were blowing up when they got here. And he literally had $200,000 and he had like a crossbody bag. And in he had cash. like 200 grand in cash in it. And they were looking to go get a car. <laughs> and Ellen turned them on to a car dealer who got them. They wanted a Bentley truck with a red interior. And that night, thanks to Ellen and the fact that he had 200 grand in cash on him, he got a Bentley truck with a red interior. So now he does this solo album, Offset, and he has some great features like Travis Scott, and he's here to promote it. And he brings Travis Scott to perform it with him, and it's amazing. You have to, you have to watch that on the show. But then he sits down and he talks with Ellen and opens up about 
this crazy car accident he had that almost killed him, about the breakup with Cardi B and then getting back with Cardi B and how he convinced her to take him back. And then he talked all about growing up without a father and a father who still dodges him, is he assumes alive, but still wants nothing to do with him and how he wants to be a better man and a better father than that. And it's the kind of interview that yeah. Ellen can have with these guys that other people just can't. Yeah. And, uh, they feel so comfortable with her. They trust her. They love her. It's really yeah. cool. It's really cool. And uh, here's, a, here's a clip of that interview. It's really, I think, poignant. So you and Cardi broke up. And you got married. Then you broke up. And then you got back together. And then uh, you, you kind of were very public about how you tried to get back together with her. You ended up on stage. Um, do you feel like that was something that you regret? Or do you... <laughs> I know I'm asking a tough question if you're having a drink. Um, but uh, do you feel like, because people th thought that that was kind of more you trying to get attention, but you really were just trying to ask her to come back. Exactly. Uh, I love my wife, so it's serious, not a game to me. So it's like we have schedules and we have shows. And I just felt like if I gave a break between time, I just can't give that break between time. So it's my forefront. I step to it as a man and say I'm wrong and step to as a man, and, and you don't have to take me back, but I just want you to know I love you and I care, and this is, and I'm putting it all, all on the table, just like, I, I, I married her, I asked her to marry me at, uh, in Philadelphia at the radio show in front of 60,000 people. So it's like, and when I did that, they were like, oh, well, why are you doing that? Because it's just my affection showing I'm not hiding it. Yeah. I'm not hiding my affection for you. That's how it's just me being vulnerable, I guess, you know, and it kind of, it kind of, it kind of bit me with yep. the response of people but that's why our men don't be trying to be vulnerable. Yeah. Because when you do it, it's like, ah, it's something wrong with it either way. Either no, way. No, I know. And it is, it's, I think it's really important to show that you're vulnerable because I think that that is a bigger man to say, I can be strong and then I can also be vulnerable. I think it's important. Um, on average, how much do you have on you carrying around? I've, I've learned to um, kind of slow it down, but usually it's like 100,000. Oh, so you're slowing it down. Yeah, slowing it down. Though. Yeah, yeah. Because you had a lot of money, and I asked you what you were going to do with it, and you said you were going to go buy a car. And I asked you what kind, and I said, let me help you out. I'll make a call, and then tell me what happened. She, well, she was the plug, used the plug to me getting my Bentley truck. You know, I just told her, she asked me how much I had. I had 200 grand that day. And then I, I told you I was trying to get a Bentley truck, and you were like, well, I got people at Bentley, and then next you know, the car outside. Yeah. And then after, I went. I went to the dealership and I purchased it off the plug, Ellen. Yep. Ellen the plug. Yep. Because you got uh... Because, and that's a beautiful color, but you ha you wanted red interior. That was a right, yes. if I remember right. Specifics. I told you I wanted a. I didn't care about the outside. I just want sure I had you, red, red seats. Is that your favorite color? You're wearing red now. It kind of complements my skin color. Yes, it does. <laughs> And you compliment it. Um, so, so Father of Four, which is an incredible uh, album, and you wrote uh, all, if not most of it, after your car accident, right? Yes. So you almost died. Yes. So basically what, what happened was I was driving. It was raining. I was going a little too fast, though. And then I seen someone, like, crossing the street, being in the middle of the street. So I, we, I went around him, and I was in a Hellcat, so it kind of it lost traction. I went ahead into a tree. Um, when I hit the tree... I panicked. Was I was I was still able to alert, and I was trying to get out the car, but my my door was jammed. I couldn't get out the car on my door, so I had to crawl out the other side. I, I went to the hospital. They told me I fresh my eye. They did all the exams. I was good, and I just thank God for that. And then after that, the next day I got out and I created Red Room, 
which is the, the video that I dropped with me showing the crash, showing right. me talking about my grandmother, my father missing. And like, and I, I did that with cast on my hand. It's wow. giving me the shivers right now. It was, it was a crazy experience. I ain't never been through an accident ever in my life to then. Yeah, and then, and Cardi was like seven months pregnant too. So yeah. that was a, you know, and, and, and something like that can change your life when you, you have a near-death experience. And so you wrote a lot of, there's a lot of personal things in this. Did you, did you feel like it was just time to let all that out? Yeah, it was like, you know, sometimes you feel, you have a guilt feel, and then sometimes you want to move past things in life. I just wanted to let other men know that it's like, it's cool to make mistakes. Like, because my kids, I miss like the first birthday of some of my kids due to incarcerations and being in trouble and being caught up in the system. And I still don't run away from it. Like, I have a father that I don't know of. He still runs away for it. I don't get it. I've invited him on interviews and all type of TVs, like, just to get in contact. You know, he's still dodging. But it's like, I wanted to make other men feel like, say the men's side of the story and accept the wrongdoing and go to fix it. It's never too late. You could be 30. Your son could be 30 years old. You've never seen him. You should still try, you know what I'm saying, to, to communicate. That's a good message. That's, uh... And, of course, when you book Offset and he brings in Travis Scott, there's a certain, uh, what, what you want to say, pungent uh, smell that occurs. Aroma? <laughs> that takes over... <laughs> That takes over the entire dressing room area, backstage, and stage area. And what is Be- that? What is that? Uh, aroma? Uh, it it's smells a little weed, bit like um, what's it called? Um, marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just—it's uh, kind of hilarious. But that's part of their preparation for their art, and uh, they come out and perform and don't disappoint. But yeah, with those two guys and and all the people that kind of travel with them—the the techs, the musicians, the DJs, the entourage. Yeah, there's a marijuana smell in the building. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of hilarious. So right before a musician performs, Ellen stands on her mark on stage, getting ready to read the introduction. Mm-hmm. And our music producer, Johnny Norman, he loves to be called Johnny. Yeah. Johnny Norman comes over to just check in with Ellen, make sure everything's fine. And he's carrying a small white um, shopping, shopping bag. bag. Like a little gift bag. And I go, what do you got there, Johnny? And he goes, oh, I have to hold on to this. And I've been told that only I can hold on to this and I, no one else can hold on to it. And I go, what's in your bag there? And I look in the bag and it's stacks of $100 bills. Totaling no. about 80, And I 000. said, how, how much money is in there? And he said, uh, he told me it's $80,000. And what? it's he just wanted someone to and hold so his cash. Ellen reads the intro. He performs. Johnny has this... Well, we just kept staring into this bag of cash. It's unbelievable. Uh, And then during the commercial break, Offset came out and sat down to get ready to be interviewed. And Johnny put the bag next to Offset. And then Offset handed Ellen that stack of money. And then then a check came out representing that money. But it was $80,000. Insane. That's crazy. Do you know when he first started rapping, his name was slightly askew? Say that again. fact. Then... And he That's decided to change to it to offset? offset. It was just Slightly easier. askew. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then he went to did, Caddy Wampus. Did Jason yeah. Gellis just text you that joke? <laughs> no. <laughs> Slightly askew. Yeah, that's true. Ladies and gentlemen, to the rap welcome world. to the stage. Slightly, Slightly askew. askew. Yep. Then they changed oh it. Oh, my God. We'll just leave you with one quick Ellen monologue to give you some life lessons for your Thursday. All right, I want to talk about time, because most of us feel like time is moving too fast. For instance, today is Wednesday. I woke up this morning convinced that it was Tuesday, but no, it's Wednesday. (laughs) 
There, there are markers that make us feel like, where has the time gone? And uh, take a look at this. So tell us your, your fantastic story. This is incredible. And you're 18, and you're so popular. And tell, tell everybody Thanks. how this all happened. I started seeing when I was um, a baby, but I decided that this was it when I was like 10. Right. So that was the first time that Taylor Swift was on my show. She was 18 years old. I remember it like it was yesterday. More be better than, because I don't know what I did yesterday, but I do remember that. <laughs> that 18-year-old is turning 30 this year. Can you believe that? She's, she's legally driving and drinking and kissing boys. <laughs> Not at the same time, but... Uh, Taylor, is, or Tay-Tay, I call her Tay-Tay, um, is on the cover of Elle magazine this month. There she is. And, uh, In this article, she lists 30 things that she learned before turning 30. Um, she hadn't turned 30 until December, so she's not planning on learning anything else. Um, <laughs> here are a few things that uh, she listed. She learned to stop hating her body. She learned that saying I'm sorry when you hurt someone is really, really important. She learned how to make some easy cocktails like Pim's Cups and Mojitos. <laughs> Amen, sister. And I was inspired by Tay-Tay. I turned 60 uh, last year, so I want to share some things. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to share some things that I've learned uh, with, with all of you. First, I've learned to stop hating Taylor Swift's body. Um, <laughs> It's weird. That was bo both of our lists that was on. Um, another thing I learned is that it's easy to scare celebrities. All you have to do is get yourself a talk show and get a celebrity and a staff member stuffed into a little uh, box and <laughs> zim, zam, zoom, and you scare them. <laughs> like, Kev, this airs on Thursday, March 28th, is when this podcast is first available. Are you currently drunk or sober on March 28th? Thursday, I will be at the Hoop-de-Doo Review at Walt Disney World <laughs> with all-you-can-drink beer, wine, or sangria, and Yum. fried chicken and mashed potatoes. If so, Here's a quick challenge for the audience. I'll be very drunk. Here's a quick challenge for our, for our listeners. If you think you know something about Walt Disney World or even Walt Disneyland, uh, that you think Kevin Lehman doesn't know, please tweet it at us. Please. Right. Yes. Hashtag it Ellen on the go. Because I think Kev is probably the master of that. And yeah. if you're in Mammoth uh, right now, uh, look for Andy Lassner on the slopes. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be there. The average Andy's a Mammoth. Where hitting, will you be, Mayor Bear? slopes. I will, be, uh, I will be on the shores of Maui. Ah, that's wow. awesome. So, you know, if you're on the jogging path over by the Four Seasons, look for Mary. Look for and Mary. then in terms of Andy, if you're at Mammoth and you see Andy, I would say uh, give him a wide berth. <laughs> <laughs> give me some and, room. And, uh, Coming and down. Ed, what are you going to be doing? Uh, the lovely Debbie and I are going to fly into Puerto Vallarta. To, uh, and we're going to go to, uh, do a little surf trip in, uh, in Punta de Mita. Oh, oh great. And just know that we've all made plans that there's someone staying at our homes. So don't, don't get don't any don't, 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 yeah. like, my home's, Come on. My home's like a bus stop. You can go, even, but you got to be ready to party. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I have you can three kids see Ed at Mr. Flamingo's in Puerto Vallarta Friday <laughs> yes. night. Google Mr. Flamingo's. Well, we love you all for listening. I sincerely hope you'll subscribe to this podcast oh, today please. on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and thank you to or all of you who are listening listen. to us right now. Take your time. Thanks. Thank you to everyone Thanks, who listeners. listens. <laughs>
<laughs> thanks for making break. us a thanks, part. Thanks, thanks for making us a part of your day. Yeah. Yes. Troy, or your evening, you or, your or your evening, or whenever. Yeah, we appreciate it. We know there's a lot of choices Uh-oh. in podcasts, and yeah. we appreciate you giving us your patronage. We do. This is like the landing speech on American Airlines. Exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> Goodbye, Bye, everyone. To Bye, Miami Andy. International Bye, uh, Airport. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, David Letterman. Good night, little John. We would so love to know more about you here at Ellen on the Go. Please head over to Wondery.com slash survey. It's a really short survey that will help make this show better. The Wondery.com slash survey. W-O-N-D-E-R-Y dot com slash survey. We'd really appreciate hearing from you.